Welcome to this week's episode of Compound Your Knowledge, where we review and summarize the research posted on our blog at alphaarchitect.com. This week we have two papers to review. Uh, the first paper, is there a size effect in the stock market? And the second post we're going to look at is how risky are the value and size premiums? So back to the back to the first paper, it was, it was written by Wes. Is there a size effect in the stock market? Warren Buffett summarized the sentiment at the 2013 Berkshire Hathaway annual meeting by saying, there's no question size is an anchor on performance. Mm. This is also known as, as the fat wallet problem. The more capital you manage, uh, the less investments you have to choose from as you become too big to invest in smaller and illiquid stocks. So Jack, Wes starts the paper with a short history of the size effect. So let's do, let's do a rapid fire on uh, the papers that Wes takes us through on the history of small sure. caps. So I'll give Jack the papers um, and then he'll give us the general message from that paper. All right, so, so the first paper uh, in the history of small caps was Ralph Bands, I may be butchering that name, uh, pioneered the exploration of the size premium in his 1981 paper, The Relationship Between Return and the Market Value of Common Stocks. Jack, what did this research show? Yeah, so that was just mainly one of the first papers to highlight the fact that uh, using the data up to that point and historically, uh, smaller cap stocks outperformed larger cap stocks. Gotcha. Okay, and and so that that was kind of that was kind of the, the first paper to to take a look at that. Um, okay, so so in two thousand nine, then uh, Professor Edward McQuarrie wrote a paper titled "The Myth of Nineteen Twenty Six: How Much Do We Know About Long Term Returns on U.S. Stocks?" What did this show? This was yeah examining the size premium found before um, and. Pointing out, you know, that some of the uh, there were some issues, or not issues, but just the fact that a lot of the premium came further back in the data, and he kind of just questioned how robust that premium is. Okay, got it. Yeah. So, so, so the outperformance of the small caps was very concentrated in the early years after the Great Depression, um, exactly when there were the most amount of issues in in this the, the database that they were using. Um, okay. And then, and then the, the third paper that Wes highlighted um, was an AQR paper titled Fact, Fiction, and the Size Effect. Uh, what did AQR find? So it, you know, they have uh, in the fact, fiction, and size, there's a lot of uh, points that they go over, fact and fiction. But one of them is just the fact that, um, and, you know, there's a neat picture uh, in their paper that highlights that, you know, the size effect historically had a uh, cap M alpha if you sort firms by market cap, so using prices, right? So it's like, um, you know, smaller firms by market cap compared to larger firms by market cap. However, an, an alternative way with which you could examine the size effect is to sort firms by like fundamentals. So, you know, a bigger firm is probably gonna have more sales, a smaller firm is gonna have less sales. And an interesting uh, fact is that when you do alternative measures as opposed to just price or market cap, uh, the size effect doesn't appear to be there as well. So there's a lot of findings in that paper, but I think the overall takeaway is that the size effect's not as robust probably as other people 
uh, may make it out to be. Gotcha. So, so yeah. So, so that that history, we we kind of discovered that that maybe something might be happening with with small caps in in the first paper. Uh, second paper seems a lot of the returns came after the Great Depression um, and were concentrated around that time. Um, and then the third paper, uh, AQR said perhaps the size effect never really existed. Um, so then in, in, in summary on that, does, does size matter in the stock market at all? Well, I mean, it, it matters at some level. It depends on the context and what you're trying to do. So if you're trying to explain cross-section of stock returns, mm-hmm. uh, controlling for size is definitely important. Um, another thing is just the fact that historically, when one is looking at um, you know value, premium, momentum, premium, or some of these factors, uh, the premium historically was generally larger in smaller cap firms, right? So... Um, what I'd say is, you know, overall takeaway is that, you know, it's not uh, necessarily a fact, right, that um, that the size factor um, will work all the time, which is kind of what that fact fiction, uh, or basically a couple of the papers have found. Um, but in, in its interaction with other factors, it can be important. Right. Okay. So, so... If, if your investment portfolio is set up to exploit popular factors, such as value and momentum, um, make sure to check out the, the small cap versions before you jump into the mega cap. Uh, you know, that, that may help help performance. Um, so then, so then the, the second paper we looked at this week, how, how risky are the value and size premiums? Um, part two out of two of volatility lessons. The main purpose of this study was to examine the changes in the distribution of the U.S. equity risk premium as the return horizon varies over the short term, medium, and long term. Uh, Jack, what's the overall purpose of this paper? Yeah, so uh, this is a continuation of a paper we covered uh, a couple weeks ago looking at U.S. equity risk premium as you vary time horizons. So what we're looking at here, though, is the same paper but looking at the premiums to factor portfolios, specifically value and size, as the uh, dish, as your time horizon lengthens from a month all the way up to 30 years. Okay. Um, so, so then th- there's three, three questions they looked at, and, and we'll take them one by one. So, so the first question, Jack, how similar are the distributions of value and small cap factor premiums relative to those of the equity premium? It's similar in in that the further out you go on your time horizon, mm-hmm. in general, at least in the past, the more your distribution moved out towards the right, whereby that was a good investment uh, or a good bet to take. Gotcha. And then is the expected risk premium observed to be negative for any holding period for any of the factor premiums? So uh, the mean was positive for all the holding periods from a month out to 30 years. Um, But as is highlighted in table three of the paper, right? So table three of the paper highlights not only the mean and deviation of these portfolios relative to the market, right? So it it looks at like value, large cap value, small cap value, and just size relative to the market. So like minus off the market. And so you see the means are positive. 
But then if you look on the distribution, right? So they have the percentiles of distribution. So like first percentile out to 99th, you do find that there are some negative periods, uh, not for all, but in some cases, even when you got, you know, five, 10 years, and in some even out to 30 years. Um, so there can be negative instances at times. That's true. Um, and then are the chances of a negative outcome significant for the universes of value and size factor premiums? That's really so it, um, they're lower the further your time horizon is. However, they still exist. And this, right. and this, this all kind of makes intuitive sense, right? The longer time horizon you give something to work, the more likely it is to work as opposed to tighter time periods? Uh, yeah, assuming, obviously, the assumption embedded in there is that you have a positive expected return. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, okay, uh, any, any other takeaways on that? No, it's just a neat paper. So, you know, I, I recommend everyone kind of look at table three just to highlight the fact that, uh, you know, value and even size relative to the market, it's not gonna work all the time. That's, I think, what that paper shows. The further you go out, assuming you have a positive premium for that, you know, you should expect, expect to see more observations that were positive. Got it. All right. Uh, so that's what we've got this week for Compound Your Knowledge. Uh, check back next week for some more deep geek research. The views expressed in this recording are the personal views of the participants as of the date indicated and do not necessarily reflect the views of Alpha Architect itself. Nothing contained in this recording constitutes investment, legal, tax, or other advice and should not be viewed as a current or past recommendation or a solicitation of an offer to buy or sell any securities or to adopt any investment strategy. The information in this recording is based on current market conditions which will fluctuate and may be superseded by subsequent market events or for other reasons. Alpha Architect does not resume any duty to update forward-looking statements. The information in this recording has been developed internally and or obtained from sources believed to be reliable. However, no representation or warranty, expressed or implied, is made or given by or on behalf of Alpha Architect as to the accuracy and completeness or fairness of the information contained in this recording. Any liability as a result of this recording, including direct, indirect, special, or consequential loss or damage is expressly disclaimed. Copyright 2018, Alpha Architect LLC, all rights reserved.